0: Another episode of Mac and D. How are you doing, Jimmy D? I'm
1: doing great, man. The the Pets won. Um, I can't say it was a pretty game. I can't say it was a great game, but the Patriots won behind the a stellar performance of Pharaoh Brown. Is that the guy's name? I, I again, I don't even know who the hell this dude is. All of a sudden, he gets a six-yard touchdown. So, uh feeling good. I'm sure you're feeling great. Lions got the dove. Made the. Falcons look like who we thought they were with a six-point performance, you know, just nothing uh, very inspiring out of Arthur Smith and, and co. Uh, what,
0: what, what were your takeaways today? Yeah, I mean, we got to be flexing a little bit, right? Our teams went 2-0 oh today. You can't say that all the time. Plus... Both of our college teams won this weekend, too. Kind of a perfect weekend, if we're being honest. Uh, I'm feeling really good about this Lions win. It feels good to actually be rooting for a decent team for once. Usually, you know, it's like late season. We're getting a few wins, kind of good momentum going into next year sort of thing. But, like, we're actually starting off well. This was really a big demon game for us to exercise some of those past mistakes that we've had against the Falcons, too. And it felt really good to get that win. Granted, it really think I really think this is more about how bad Atlanta and their offense is and the structure and the quarterback play is than it is about how good the Lions defense is. They had a lot of injuries and the backups did play well, but honestly got bailed out a ton by the Falcons just Falconing. So it wasn't that great of a game. However, being two and one with big games, big, big games against the, the Seahawks, the Falcons and the chiefs and our lone loss being in overtime. I feel pretty good about it.
1: I mean, Uh, you could say the, the lions have moved on from being a spooky team to an actually scary team at this point.
0: Yeah. They're, they're in like, They're not contender status, like with like the Chiefs and the Bills necessarily, but like they're like the step right up below, which is like where I was hoping we could be during this season. Great building blocks for the rest of the year. How do you feel
1: about uh, Gibbs? He had 20 touches today, couldn't even get to 100. I mean, couldn't get to 100 yards is a hell of a bar to set, but I didn't watch it. Did did he at least look explosive? What, What was going on there?
0: I can only watch the first uh, three quarters. I didn't watch the fourth quarter. Dude didn't do squat with all the opportunities that he was getting. It's the same old story that we've been seeing with the uh, Dave Montgomery split with him and nothing changed with Dave Montgomery being out. Gibbs continued to just run into the back of his blockers. Granted, we do have a lot of offensive line injuries right now. For example, our starting left tackle Taylor Decker is out. Our starting left guard is out by tie. So definitely not a good look whenever it comes to getting a push up front. However, if you are Jameer Gibbs, your, your MO is like, hey, you don't necessarily need to be running between the tackles, right? You should be able to get into space, use those really good downfield blocking receivers, Cleve Raymond, Josh Reynolds, really, really elite at that. And he didn't do anything all day long, continue to just get trashed over and over and over. I mean, if you are a fantasy owner of Jameer Gibbs, you can't be feeling good right now, right? Like this is the game for him to really go off.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would assume this. I mean, you probably feel even worse if you're someone that went out and paid a premium for him recently to get him once David went down. Like people thinking, oh, this is a chance to get him before he pops. And like this was his pop opportunity. Yeah, if you spend a second or third round pick on him, you can't be feeling great.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the, the Patriots game. I know you're saying like, oh, yeah, it wasn't all that inspiring. But honestly, a big win against a really tough defense. What stood out to you about the Patriots today?
1: Oh, we, we controlled the ball. Uh, We, we did not have turnovers. We've had really bad, just costly turnovers and one possession games the the prior two weeks against much better offenses. Finally, we, we really locked that down. Didn't fumble in a a very rainy game. I think Mac just continues to outperform expectations or or at least is living up to where we drafted him. Uh, You know, some of the Patriots faithful are pretty uh, challenged when it comes to understanding good quarterback play and just you know since we're not winning by 40 they think that means the quarterback's you know trash like mac is throwing some just really really tight spirals into tough windows right now stepping into the ball throwing some lasers downfield he looks good i'm very very hopeful for what he can do but we just need weapons man the the, the people he's throwing to are wide receiver threes on any normal nfl team and you know he's trying to make juju a wide receiver one juju looks awful um Devontae Parker makes a few big catches, but he's not going to break away from any tackles. He's kind of like the Zachers. He catches it, and he's down at the spot. Uh, Devontae Parker – not Devontae Parker, sorry. I already said that. Um, Kendrick Bourne looks a little bit more explosive, but, again, I mean, he's just, he doesn't get a ton of separation. If he can get it in open space, he's good. But it, it, we just don't have a, a guy, and when you don't have a guy, and then, like, Ramondre Steven is, see, Stevenson's really obvious when he gets the ball. Like it, it just We feel a little – predictable right now but Mm -hmm. it's still light years ahead of where we were with uh, Matt Patricia as the coordinator.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like you guys are a little bit one-dimensional on offense. And I I keep saying, Justin Jefferson, this would be my favorite landing spot for him. But, you know, I get it. You don't want to risk the entire future for him. I think the exciting thing about this whole thing against the Jets is just how good the defense was. Like, I get it. The Jets are Jetsing, you know, where they're just not that good on offense. Zach Wilson only completing 50% of his passes. But you guys held Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall to 1.7 yards per carry combined. you got to feel really, really good about that, right?
1: touchdown drive they had really should have been a field goal drive but they had like a phantom randall cobb slips in the back of the end zone turned into a defensive pass interference call that gives them at the one um so that that didn't sit right especially with some some calls that weren't called the other direction but you know when it came down to it the defense stepped up the defense has been stepping up you know people are trying to discredit what the patriots defense is but when you you know have a little bit more game film at this point Holding the Eagles to 24 points with seven of it being a pick six, that's huge. Holding the Miami Dolphins, who just put up a 70 spot on the on the Broncos, Uh, holding them to under 30 points, I think really shows just how good this team is. And the fact that so far, our rookie Christian Gonzalez has had Garrett Wilson, Tyreek Hill, and uh, I mean, either A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, depending on who you lined up on, and They've done a whole lot of nothing to this point. I, I mean, I, I think he's, we're gonna have hot takes later, but he's my, like, he has to be the rookie of the year right
0: now. Uh, I mean, just the way he has played has been incredible. Yeah, we'll get into it, but having no preseason, basically, having an injury going into the season, and he's just a dog from day one. Talk about night and day versus JC Jackson was a healthy scratch for the Chargers today, but yeah, you were getting real hyped about Jabril Peppers, a name I haven't heard in years <laughs> since he left yeah, Michigan. Yeah, he,
1: he's <laughs> really... He has stepped in as a do-it-all guy. We, you know, we lost Devin McCordy, a true captain on the team, and, and Jabril has really stepped into his own of being kind of a veteran presence that isn't necessarily the greatest at any one thing. But, uh, you know, DeMario Douglas kind of bobbled a punt but but caught it, and then we throw Jabril back there. He looks great. You know, he's, he's in the backfield making tackles. He's defending passes. Like, he's just all over the field, and, and you love having that versatility out of a guy that – the Browns gave up on even after or was who who drafted him in the first round? He was a Brown for a bit, but I don't think the Browns drafted him, right?
0: Uh, I think he was a Browns. Like he was a late first round pick by the Browns. They really wanted to use him all over the place, but realistically his best spot was always as that like cornerback slash linebacker position. Um, Yeah. Cleveland Browns first round. Okay.
1: Well, I think we got him then from the Browns for nothing or signed him after they didn't pick him up for little to nothing. So it's been an awesome addition.
0: Yeah, he had a cup of coffee in New York, according to Wikipedia, which I do not remember even a little bit. And then he signed with you guys last year. So, yeah, great pickup, honestly. A lot of lot of potential with him. He was always supposed to be like this kind of guy. And he's really living up to it yeah, now. He's, they say
1: the Patriots have really unlocked what I think people thought he was going to be coming out of college. Maybe a little bit less than his ceiling, but still. I've loved seeing him on the field to this point, so hats
0: off to him. The things that Bill Belichick is able to do with washed-up linebackers is nothing short of witchcraft. Turning Tyvai, who was basically, the entire in the entire league, was the worst linebacker in all of football, and turning him into a serviceable, if not a good linebacker starter, it, it, it's magic. I, I don't know how to describe it, honestly. Let's get into the dogs and logs of each position today. We can just kind of talk about games generally here. But first off, got to talk a little bit about the Dolphins game. We got dogs in Tua. We got dogs in Raheem Mostert and Devin A-Chain. Tyreek Hill, obviously a dog as well. And doing this all without Jalen Waddle. What an explosion by the Dolphins today. What would you think of this one?
1: Their running game might have been the most exciting running game I've seen in a long time. That was the game I had side by side with the Patriots today. And then I was like, okay, I can turn this off at halftime. And yet still some of the more exciting plays when they were already up by 40 points. They had that little uh, like, fake sweep shovel pass to A-Shane for his first touchdown. That was incredible. It seemed like Moster or A-Shane, whenever they were in space, were just bouncing off of tackles like a pinball and, and getting 50-yard touchdowns. If you faced Mostert, which I did in two separate leagues, you're just like, well, this is a wash. over. Um if they run the ball that well no one's going to beat them i know that's a big if obviously you're not going to get 500 rushing yards every week or whatever the heck they had but uh they looked great uh on the ground and that that just makes tyreek hill hill's job so easy or you know maybe hill sprung the the rushing game i don't know but it it all worked in tandem today and it was firing on all cylinders
0: yeah i remember looking up the stats and i was like oh tyreek hill has to be going for like 400 yards again like that's the typical thing whenever you see the Dolphins popping off. But no, it was the running game, which was incredible. And it wasn't really like they were running up the score too much. It it definitely felt like that Simpsons me where it's like, stop, stop. He's already dead. But the Dolphins just kept going and they kept just methodically breaking down this defense for the Denver Broncos. A-Chain had a big game. Raheem Mostert had a big game. And going into the season, this really felt like the weakness of the Miami Dolphins. It felt like, oh, they're going to go out and get somebody in free agency or trade for someone where it popped popular jonathan taylor landing spot people were linking Leonard fournette and dalvin cook to the miami dolphins and they're like ah we don't need anyone we got the internal guys we have the people that we want and it just goes to show that mike mcdaniel is a master at putting together a creative offense well, i would s- say
1: that well, i would say the jt rumors are, are laughable at this point i mean as well as most hurts playing as well as uh, i mean shane this was his kind of breakout game to this point he hasn't really touched the ball yet and then they have running back three uh, on IR right now, Jeff Wilson Jr., who we've seen yep. the past couple of years play very well for the Dolphins and the Niners. So they're going to have a heck of a backfield that's going to be really hard to plan against, especially when you've got Tyreek running all over the field and Waddle coming uh, you know, underneath. So t- tough offense to scheme against.
0: Yeah, it's terrifying because, like, the thing with A-Chain is he's fast. And we really haven't even seen his full speed yet. People are always comparing, like, oh, this fast guy. This is the next Tyree Kill. But, like, if we're talking about some of the fastest guys in the NFL, it's Mostert, it's A-Chain, and Tyree Kill. So it's kind of terrifying whenever you watch those three guys running around on the field compared to everybody else. It's literally night and day. So, And then I think the most exciting thing about this, and if you're a Dolphins fan, you have to be stoked to see Tua just crushing it right now. Definitely – knocking on the door of MVP conversation it's way too early for that if we're being real but 89 percent completion percentage today pretty it was
1: too easy everything was too easy for them today every single thing I mean even the Broncos touchdowns that they got were like hard fought like the defense was playing well for the Dolphins but everything the Dolphins had offense was just just I mean obviously he scored 70 points everything went right um so yeah everything went right for them let's talk about your boy though Justin Herbert who we, we know some people or a person that really puts him down, you know, like bottom 20 quarterbacks. And you and I are very hyped on Justin Herbert just casually throws for 400 yards today. And they finally get the monkey off their back of winning a close game.
0: Yeah. You kind of stole my transition here. I was going to say the Tua, Completion percentage was insane, but if you want to talk about completion percentage, Justin Herbert was even more insane today. He broke the record for highest completion percentage with at least forty-five attempts in a game, with eighty-five percent on forty-seven attempts today. Absolutely bonkers in a must-win game against the Minnesota Vikings. He also had three touchdowns to go with those four hundred yards, and he had one of them stolen by Keenan Allen, who threw a pass to Mike Williams for a touchdown. So a bonkers day, a must, a must, must must-win game for the chargers today kept them in the playoff race and honestly you just feel good about where this offense is going despite all the coaching challenges i
1: would honestly they they definitely won it in spite of uh brandon staley trying to lose it going for you know going for on fourth down inside their own 40 when the vikings had been moving the ball pretty well like i i i staley still needs to be fired i don't care if they won this game he needs to go i think the vikings can hold their head high in the sense that the their division is still not out of reach right the packers look beatable the lines are only two and one like you just have to string together some wins right you can't let this keep you down their offense is still doing great their their running game looked a little bit better now that they weren't playing an elite defense um so i think there's some good takeaways there but uh yeah so they, they gotta start winning some games justin jefferson's gonna give you 200 yards a day like you need to find just a little bit of something extra from someone to to keep it going
0: yeah, that was going to be my comment. It's like Justin Jefferson still had a great game today, had over 140 yards receiving once again. So you still feel good about his fantasy viability, but everybody else is a little bit rough. K.J. Osborne caught a touchdown again today, so that's pretty exciting. But the the running backs continue to be rough with Madison, and then there was no Akers today. So that might end up being a bit of a saving grace. Uh, just going back to the Chargers just real quick, we, d- we didn't put him anywhere on our list today, but I, I thought it was just too obvious to put him on here. Josh Kelly is ass-ass. Please do not start him. Do not have him on your roster. He went for 11 carries for 12 yards today, one reception for five yards, 2.2 fantasy points. And this isn't a game without Austin Eckler. This should have been his opportunity to truly pop off. Do not roster him. He is not good.
1: Yeah, well, last week. So last week, him kind of flubbing was like, OK, it happens. They played a much better defense. This was the week like the, the Vikings couldn't stop anyone on the Eagles. I mean, I and I get it. The Eagles are a much better rushing team, but like. This is not a good defense, and, and to get one yard per carry, uh, I mean it's just abysmal. Don't don't roster Josh Kelly at this point. If Eckler's in, he's obviously viable. Otherwise, I'm I'm taking Herbert and pass catchers.
0: Yeah, the other uh, big rushing disappointment and one of the big blowouts of today was the Chicago Bears against the Kansas City Chiefs. This game was also over at halftime, and I saw the most damning stat. In all of the NFL today, Justin Fields and Jared Goff have the same number of rushing touchdowns this season. What have you thought about the Bears so far?
1: Buddy, they're, they're cheeks. Uh, you know, we, we knew they weren't going to be great. I think there was some hope, though, right? They, they It felt like they really were building some momentum last year with Justin Fields, kind of figuring out offense, which the Bears just had never really had a good offense, uh, aside from maybe like one or two Cutler years. Um, you know, they, they got him, DJ Moore, they got just a plethora of picks to help fill some spots, you know, by trading away that number one overall. And they they look worse at at every position. I mean, including receiver, including quarterback, like they just cannot get anything going. Um, this was an obvious, they're not going to win the game, uh, this week with everything going on, you know, aside from football, but I mean, they didn't even show up to Arrowhead stadium today. That was just abysmal. You said at the end of half, like, They could have pulled starters at the end of the first quarter. This shit
0: was over so quick. Yeah, and they should have. Honestly, I saw a thing where Patrick Mahomes had his ankle rolled up on, which was a problem in the past, and that's nothing to mess around with. They probably should have pulled the starters even earlier, get to the the GOAT, Blaine Gabber, a little bit faster, get to the real players a little bit sooner. Um, So that was a bit of a scary sight, but... Uh, What was also really funny was that DJ Moore actually got bailed out a little bit on his fantasy day. He had three catches for 40 yards and a touchdown with the last second touchdown kind of garbage time. And it was really funny because this week he got caught on a hot mic talking with another player and he was saying like, oh, they're, they're not using you right. And DJ Moore was like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, dude, like. Be part of the, be part of the solution here. Like you haven't been looking good either, my guy. Like the the blame goes all around, this, this all team the way is the speed owner. Running.
1: They are speed running a number one overall pick. I, I mean the 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 speed at which they are just completely imploding is is impressive for as much hope as they had coming into the season. I think we've seen it before, or like I know you and I have thrown it back and forth, but like. The seven and a half over under for Bears wins was free money. Like families are being fed on taking that under this year.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, they are being fed well. And yeah, it's just wild watching this happen. And like the Bears fans that I know are just like, ah, oh, we just we just gotta get out of Soldier Field, and that's gonna cause everything to go right again. And it's like the stadium's not causing your problems; it's an ownership to coaching yeah. the players level. <laughs> my, my
1: my Bears, you know Spencer, my Bears buddy, he's definitely like a we're we're gonna be ass until Halla sells, and she's already trained her son to take over ownership so uh this is going to be a long 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 existence as a bears fan
0: pain someone who did have a good day today and that chiefs bears game was travis kelsey had a great game you know he, 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 he was a little worried about the injury and everything could that creep back nope Definitely had a great game, caught a touchdown as well today, and also
1: could we argue he might have been playing for someone in the
0: stands? I was going to say he had the greatest pull, arguably of all time, getting arguably one of the most famous people in the entire world right now, Taylor Swift, to show up to Kansas City of all places and go to his game, hanging out with his parents after supposedly only a few weeks of dating, meets the parents, and she is going bonkers for every single catch that he has. Travis Kelsey. Probably the fantasy goat of the week, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: if you want to, like, there was rumors, like, oh, Kelsey's dating, you know, T-Swizzle, and, and it's just kind of like, how that's, you know, it's funny. Like, it made sense, whatever, who cares? You roll up in the Kelsey family suite, rocking a Chiefs jacket, high-fiving the mom, it's like, how long has this been going on? Because you're not really introducing girls, especially the older you get, it's like the longer it takes you to introduce them to your parents, so uh, kudos to him. Fun fact Taylor Swift makes more money per concert than Travis Kelsey makes in a year of playing for the Chiefs. Good lord! Good
0: for her. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy too, because my guy was really fumbling that line that he had to try and get her to go. He was on a Pat McAfee show, I think it was this week, talking about like how he's been like courting Taylor Swift and stuff. And his line saying, "I've seen you rock the stage in Arrowhead. You might have to come see me rock the stage in Arrowhead and see which one's a little more lit."
1: no game no game oh my god
0: if you weren't an attractive man that makes a lot of money and plays a really professional sport that people really like dude would be in hell he would never be able to get someone like taylor swift but hey good for him it's working out happy for the guy (laughs) okay other dogs of the week uh we got josh dobbs just kind of going crazy Against the Dallas Cowboys. Good for him. Feels- his
1: revival. Just, you know, hats off to him for people were laughing when the Cardinals traded to get Josh Dobbs. Like, here we go. We, they got their guy, the tank commander, and Dobbs <laughs> wasn't having it, dude. He's been playing his heart out. So you have to, you know, respect that, what he's been doing there.
0: Yeah, and I've brought it up on the pod before. Like the dude literally blogs his entire life, or vlogs, or whatever the term is, on TikTok, and is always just talking about the the day to day grind, going through his regimen. Real smart and thoughtful dude. Um, they they brought in someone this past week. One of the cheerleaders from the Cardinals has the same like uh, disease condition, whatever you want to call it, where you don't really have hair. I don't know what's called is that and- alopecia yeah that one that one yeah and so and josh jobs took a long time just like sit down chat with her off camera on camera it didn't really even matter he's just a real thoughtful dude so shout out josh jobs for learning an entire playbook in two weeks and executing it to perfection i would argue winning games in spite of jonathan gannon and not because of jonathan gannon and i i feel like out of Everything going on, you got to feel real good about Josh Dobbs. If you need to be able to transition a new quarterback to come in, if you're moving on from Kyler Murray, he's probably the guy to bring somebody else in and kind of mentor that player for a little while.
1: I I think you have to feel good if you're a Cardinals fan. So we we talked extensively how it's going to be a brutal season. They're probably still not going to win a ton of games, but at least they're a pretty fun team to watch. Like nothing's worse than being a team that goes, you know, two and 15 and looks, you know, boring as can be, you know, like the Broncos last year, the Colts last year. I'll say the same for the Colts. They're, they're kind of a spooky team with, I mean, either uh, Gardner or AR at the helm because they, they're just a little bit more exciting this year. There's just a more juice in the building. You know, you get Matty Ice out of there and there's just a little bit more youth, a little bit more excitement around the program.
0: Yeah, remember our funniest storylines pod that we did? And I said, "What if the Cardinals are just like 500 halfway through the season? Kyler Murray comes back, and then they still make the playoffs somehow? It's not outside the realm of possibility. they weapons. Yeah. Their weapons looked a lot better today. Your your point about Gardner Minshew very sound." definitely is uh running the helm of the ship very well without having ar there got the dub over the baltimore ravens today which I, you could say it's the baltimore ravens b team because of the long list the cvs receipt level of the injury report that the ravens have at this point like literally every single one of their good defenders Ojabo, Owe, all out after this week no warm bodies left except for basically patrick queen and uh kyle hamilton who had three over, sacks over the, last tonight, three, over
1: the last three years or that's been the ravens so you just have to expect that the third man up has to get it done so like you can't say this is the b team like this is almost who you're expecting to play at, yeah. at this point because the ravens are the most cursed injury luck team
0: yeah who, who is the training staff there like i i know a few people that work at the ravens and I, I don't know anyone on the medical staff but like it's gotta be medical malpractice at this point right what is going on their, over there? their strength
1: and conditioning team has to be the worst in the league yeah, there's no no question.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, do some squats, my guys. I don't know what's happening. And luckily, Lamar Jackson was able to salvage a pretty good day. Gus Edwards definitely disappointed. And he actually, I thought he would have a big week because Justice Hill late in the week got announced that he was going to be out. Actually split carries with Melvin Gordon, who got activated just this past week. So a little bit rough there. What, what, real quick, we don't have him anywhere on the list, but what do you think of this Zach Moss start? 30 carries today against the Baltimore Ravens, 122 yards, and also had a receiving touchdown.
1: It's incredibly impressive. Honestly, once JT was out, I, I thought the most likely was going to be Kenyon Drake taking over that backfield. He, you know, he got signed almost immediately when it was when JT got moved to IR. I was like, all right, this makes sense, you know, a veteran guy. And then I don't know if he's even on the roster anymore. They might have cut him almost like immediately because. Zach Moss has just been balling out.
0: Yeah. And, and wasn't that
1: like a throwaway piece in a trade they made with the Bills or something like that? Like, it wasn't really like a, they went out and got him. It was like they wanted a draft pick. Oh, and we have to take Zach Moss too.
0: I want to say, I, mean, I might be misremembering the trade, but I want to say it was like a late mid-season pick and it was a late for Heinz. Hines it was yeah for,
1: they swapped Hines and then got like a pick out of it and it was like oh and we'll take Zach Moss
0: yeah 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 and so yeah Zach was just kind of thrown in with that trade which is super strange but yeah he's been looking baller so far to start this season plus I don't know if you knew this but his cousin is Santana Moss and then his second cousin is Patrick Peterson so like that changes everything for me he went from a nobody to like have a great pedigree so I don't know Anyway, moving on. Uh, Other big logs today. We talked about Justin Fields. Sam Howell, our guy, looking real rough. Bad game. He's
1: got to brush it off. He just (laughs) has to brush it off. That was a rough one.
0: Four interceptions, though, is pretty dang egregious. And comparing him to Josh Dobbs, who literally got the playbook two weeks ago, and Howell's kind of been getting groomed for a good year and a half. When do we see Jacoby Brissett in Washington?
1: If that happens again, uh, pretty quick. Pretty quick. And that was brutal.
0: Yeah. Probably the biggest log of the week. I was shitting on Josh Kelly. Biggest disappointment and honestly might be the worst player in all of the NFL. I don't want to see him on a team any longer. Definitely drop him if he is on your roster a.j. dillon got the keys of the car today we had no aaron jones once again no christian watson so you knew this is going to be a run heavy offense once again he disappointed had 30 rushing yards once again did not get into the end zone and looks like that guy who a lot of people were making fun of the packers when they drafted him in the second round he looks slow he looks lethargic it is just not explosive whatsoever what do you think of the packers this season
1: uh, well, I mean, they, they got a, a tough win, so that you got to give them you know tip of the cap there, uh, especially because that New Orleans defense is no joke. So to, to do that, even with Derek Carr going down is a big deal. Uh, I've been an A.J. Dillon truther for a couple seasons now. But yeah, after yeah. the start of the season, it's like, dog, this ain't it. I don't, I don't know what happened after that rookie year. He looked he looked explosive his rookie year. And since then, it's been just slower and slower, and Aaron Jones just looks younger and younger. So maybe the Aaron Jones is just sucking the life force out of AJ Dillon, and that's why we can explain what's happening there
0: in Green Bay. It's like that one guy, I don't know if you've seen him on the news, but he's like this 45-year-old guy, and he takes the blood from his kids and puts it into his own body, and it's supposed to make him look younger, but he actually looks like he's like 65 years old. <laughs> I've this? not seen
1: that, but I think I need to. That sounds incredible.
0: I'll, I'll send you a leak. He okay. looks like a vampire, but uh, yeah, it's it's like you got Jones kind of stealing the life force from A.J. Dillon in order to just sustain his career because, yeah, he just keeps looking younger and younger. Yeah.
1: So you talked to Keenan Allen. Uh, can you talk Gerald Everett and how you were so wrong about this guy going into the season? Because so far, uh, Donald Parham is has three huddies on the season to Gerald Everett's probably like three catches on the season.
0: My least favorite archetype in the entire NFL is that guy who just sits on the goal line and just gets catches for whatever reason. This season, backup tight end, supposedly backup tight end, Donald Parham Jr. has legitimately six catches. Half of those have gone for touchdowns. Three touchdowns on six catches. How? The dude doesn't even have 40 receiving yards. And my guy, Gerald Everett, is out there doing all the hard work, going in between the 20s, dragging him 80 yards down the field. It just doesn't get the touchdowns. It's so painful. He continues to put up relatively serviceable games. Like I'm not talking like good games. He's not going to win you any weeks, but games nonetheless that are on par with a lot of other tight ends. you Mark Andrews and such of the world, but no touchdowns. And it's really, really frustrating. He, Parm is the new Darren Fells and I, I hate the man. I, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I, if I saw him on the street, I would, I would say something. So it's just really, really frustrating how this has panned out for Gerald Everett. Yeah. Uh,
1: you want to talk about Sam Laporta at all?
0: Love Sam Laporta. This is complete opposite, honestly. Laporta is getting force-fed. Jared Goff loves the guy. It is white boy summer. Aiden Hutchinson was doing the stinky leg on the Falcons, which was just beautiful. Eight catches for 84 yards for Laporta today. Got left wide open. Wide, wide open, which was shocking uh, today against the Falcons. And he continues to be that floor to... Plus, kind of tight end which is just really exciting you kind of need that above average guy i've been saying it and i'm going to continue to say it i feel like he was the tight end steal of fantasy this year
1: no i i think that's the correct take uh he's kind of stepped in as a hawkinson light a little bit or hawkins gosh dang it just whatever i'm trying to say you got me he's he's tj hawk right yeah okay thank you i don't know why i feel like that was wrong no you nailed Um, him. so like he kind of stepped right into that role. So the, the Lions are looking less dumb for Trading Hawk uh, you know, because they were able to replace him with a porter. You can't say they knew that was going to be the case, but kudos to them. They love real, their real Iowa play. tight ends.
0: Yeah, as I was about to say, I was watching the broadcast because, you know, Lions fan. It was so funny. The the announcers are kind of riffing. They're like, oh, there's something in the water that the Iowa people are just putting in because they literally went from Hawkinson, Iowa tight end, to Sam Laporta, Iowa tight end. One of the announcers was like, yeah, it's probably ethane. And then it was like, oh, wait, I'm on national TV. Kids are watching this. I should not tell them to drink ethane if they want to be in the NFL and be a tight end. It was so funny. It was like literally it was like backtracking and stuff so pure, quickly.
1: Pure fuel. That's all right it's big big corners getting into the nfl
0: 84 unleaded all that good stuff other uh, yeah. other guys who laid some logs uh derrick henry was non-existent today got out snapped once again by Tyje spears very painful and then uh Ramondre stevenson continues to look a little bit pedestrian kind of had a split today even split today Today's
1: gonna be a rough game for him regardless that that uh, Jets D is just so good, especially that D line. He had a really bad drop, though. That could have been a 30 yard catch. Like, there was no one in front of him. It might have been a touchdown. Uh, so, that was rough. But Zeke actually looked like he turned back the clock a bit. He had a couple pretty big, explosive runs. So, uh, yeah, it was tough because, you know, last year this would have been a Stevenson 30, 30 carry game for like 140 yards. But instead, it was an even split. He had 15, Zeke had 16. They both had like 80 yards. So, uh, I, I think Zeke's eating into it more of his workload than expected, or at least he will be as long as he has the hot hand going for him.
0: He looks a little slow to me. He's almost in that like Najee Harris tier, like kind of take a little step back this year.
1: Stevenson right now?
0: Yeah. I don't know why.
1: Maybe a little bit. But he's, he's played on two pretty bad field conditions though. he hasn't really had a good, like, I, I just don't think he's been able to open it up just yet. I'm, I'm not, I'm not out on Stevenson. I still believe in him.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'll take uh, one, one more second before we move on here. Um, I, I think we got to give a nod to Tank Dell. Uh, I mean, five catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. You know, we expect it to be Nico Collins. I'm, I'm thinking this uh, Houston team's gonna be really tough to pin down where the fantasy production will come from week in and week out
0: yeah and this is no hate to nico collins he is on the dog list but yeah tank dell really ate into his lunch today and i, I watched that game because you know houston we get, get those local market games and tank dell was just looking amazing and he is definitely a product at this point of cj stroud just looking amazing there's this one pass where cj stroud just went back just dropped it right in the bucket over three defenders right into tank dell's hands exactly where he needed it got tackled at the one would have been hype if he went into the end zone would had an even bigger fantasy day but yeah tank dell who you know he's a houston grad you know university of houston kind of a just whatever receiver in the middle rounds of the nfl draft and he's popping off he's super fast it's really really fun to watch so yeah. uh we'll talk with cj stroud here in a little so bit so after come down.
1: after today who are the biggest waiver wire ads for you
0: yeah i'm going Devin a chain that's not, not, to be, one here. <laughs> not to be controversial, but, you know, he had a good game. He had four touchdowns today. Uh, also, it did some receiving work and also had um, just a lot of rushing yards in general. Uh, we'll see what the split looks like. I'm a little curious to see if people sour on him after he doesn't completely pop off next week. But A-Chain's got to be a guy. I just dropped him in a league, so very painful. But uh, I he's a like guy I you got to go to,
1: To be honest, it, it sounds right. Once you drop him,
0: he's gone. Yeah, he's so... Screwed. So we'll see. He'll be the number one ad for sure in fantasy this do, week. Do you
1: think uh do you think Rico Dowdle Dowdle? I don't know how to say his name for the Cowboys. Is is he a, a a rosterable player? He had a touchdown today, three carry or three catches, four carries. Like he he looked very explosive when he got the ball. He had a a play where he broke out of like eight tackles that were supposed to be in the backfield that, you know, he got a ten yard run out of it. Like I mean he looks good. It's still Pollard's backfield. He had twenty three carries, but um you know tp goes down like he looks pretty serviceable it, it, it might be worth rostering him i don't know is this the fullback i don't think it's the fullback he i mean he looked like he was just a normal ass player
0: okay yeah they, they they were touting the fact that they got a fullback that was making his like first career carry first career uh reception all that today but no this doesn't look like the same guy i think that's uh, hunter lupke would be
1: that, number 40 and the name hunter makes me think that's a fullback
0: Yeah. That sounds like a a fullback name. Yeah. I I, I don't know much about this daddle guy, but yeah, if he's going to get some run and they got to have somebody kind of step up to be that lead guy behind Tony Pollard, because Tony Pollard, as we've talked about, was more of a gadget type of player for the longest time. So he's not really used to like that heavy workload. So somebody else could emerge. Wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Uh, My other big ad is CJ Stroud. Dude continues to just pop off uh, through three games, has the fourth most passing yards in NFL history. He's up there with names like Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes. Even if he doesn't end up fulfilling that prophecy, definitely worthwhile to see what happens. I will be going out and getting CJ Stroud, even though I'm pretty good at quarterback at a lot of my leagues. He's definitely someone I want to have on my bench. And who are you dropping to get these guys? Uh, my two drops of the week aj Dillon. i don't think i need to continue to shit on him and then the other guy josh reynolds a lot of people went out to get him i was not one of those people but his roster percentage went way way up after the last couple of weeks he is a gadget player he doesn't do anything had a big old goose egg today i advised against starting him to nathan a mutual friend of ours and it paid off big time so i i'm not a fan of either of those those Dalvin cook
1: is Dalvin cook droppable. yeah Okay. How about uh, Justin Fields? Is Justin Fields droppable? Which hurts because you probably drafted him very early. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I mean, honestly, I'm probably not dropping him yet, but I'm doing anything I can to get him out of my lineups. This has been abysmal. Would you rather have Justin Fields or Jared Goff rest of the season? Jared Goff, absolutely. Jared Goff has weapons, a competent coaching staff, an offensive line. I mean,
0: just all of it. I'd rather have Jared Goff. Justin Fields or Jordan Love?
1: As of right now, Jordan Love. I mean, no. Jordan Love's I think is only going to get better. Obviously, Fields can't get worse, we think. But every week he seems to be finding a way to do so. Like they're just refusing to design runs for him. It's his best, you know, as a.
0: Yeah, just looking at like an average ass league that I'm in right now. C.J. Stroud available, Jared Goff available, Mac Jones available. Like these are maybe not Mac Jones, but like those are all guys that I would definitely want over Fields. And like Mac Jones, I'm at least thinking about it. These are the decisions you're making right now, right?
1: If the tough one's going to be in two quarterback leagues because that that waiver wire is going to be barren and it's going to be really tough to find a replacement.
0: Agreed. Do you have any ads or drops beyond that? Um, I'm thinking like
1: think there was one more I had in the back of my mind. Mike White. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Mike White's about to, to pop off. Um, you know, I mean, I guess Josh Dobbs, you could add if you wanted. He's been playing pretty well.
0: Um, you a Marvin but, Mims guy.
1: Not really. I don't love the, I mean, he's, he's big play. If you have absolutely nothing else, I, I just feel like wide receiver. There's so many that like you, your team's probably not light on wide receivers. You're probably hurting at running back or quarterback if I had yeah. to guess. Yeah. Um. So that, that's the issue. Yeah.
0: Your, your dad call is not bad just simply because there's really not a lot of options out there. Do, do you maybe like go after a guy who's like more of a veteran kind of guy? Are we going after like Melvin Gordon or Elijah Mitchell at this point?
1: Um, Elijah Mitchell, yes, because one, he still still has it when you see him get touches and Christian McCaffrey has been hurt before. So, I mean, that's that's like an insurance policy. You're not playing him until McCaffrey has gets banged up, but he could give you a couple big games pretty out on Melvin Gordon. He hasn't proven anything in the last, what, three or four seasons like the the dude's just kind of done. It's kind of like the the waning years of Le'Veon Bell. Like it's a guy that used to have it, but uh, every time he touches the ball, clouds of dust follow him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. It's getting a little bit bleak. Any guys were hitting the panic button on this week?
1: Uh, you know, you touched it with AJ Dillon, uh, Justin Fields. I'm definitely panicking. I, I think we both very correctly said if you could get rid of Garrett Wilson, do it. This this was not a week that's going to make it easy to trade Garrett Wilson if you have him. Yeah. Um, just Zach Zach Wilson's not good. Not good at football. This was a tough week to make anything happen between the Patriots, you know, pass rush as well as the the field conditions, but. I, I I mean the Jets are gonna have to do something. You can't just keep letting Zach Wilson tank your season.
0: Yeah, they leaked right before the game that there there's a, this report by Jake Laser that both Matt Ryan and um, oh who's the other guy just some veteran quarterbacks were reaching out including Matt Ryan saying hey Jets like if you need somebody I'm available I'm ready to play I'm happy to play for you and the Jets were like nah we don't need you just uh, they were saying that in support of Zach Wilson but after this week you got to go get a veteran guy right or trade for somebody does, does Matt
1: Ryan really improve your team though he's better Zach Wilson I, I mean I guess yeah he, he can keep on script but I mean the the offensive lines banged up for the Jets too and like Mekhi Beckton, uh I mean he had it Don put a nasty spin move on Makai to get the the safety at the end of the game that more or less sealed it. So that was pretty sweet to see. Um, uh, you know, Makai is just not looking the part. You know, he, he was bitching about being a right tackle. It's like, well, yeah, because you're not good at left tackle. You know, their actual left tackle is injured. Like the Jets season's falling pretty quick, but that's
0: to be expected when you lose Aaron Rodgers for four snaps in your, your year. We're transitioning to the hot take. So this is kind of on the hot take side. Why there's so many diva offensive tackles we always talk about diva wide receivers but it feels like over the last few years we've seen a lot of diva offensive linemen what what do, what do yeah, you think i'm of that? not
1: sure where the because you <laughs> i don't want a diva offensive lineman i want an absolute dog offensive lineman someone that's just downright nasty you got yeah, you got mckay beckton who just bitches and moans you've got um to who's the uh the player for the chiefs right now that keeps lining up in the backfield because he's too slow to actually oh know, win. Juwan. Juwan, yeah yeah, he's been been really strange. Um, I don't know. It's the NFL is it's changing. I don't know it- if it's all for the better.
0: Well, I mean, like, even, like, Trent Williams, you know, forcing away way out Washington, which is pretty valid, uh, but, like, even then, like, he punched a guy this past week. Like, how does that happen? And then I'm thinking, like, Isaiah Wilson, the first-round pick for the Tennessee Titans, basically just ruined his career all in the first month because he just was, like, refusing to actually pay attention in practices. Uh, You could even throw, like, Taylor LeJuan and guys like that, like, are that are decent dudes, but also, like kind of dickheads at the same time. Like the emergence of the diva offensive tackle is very strange to me. New, new, new hot take, new, new new era, new era of football. What are some other hot takes that we have hot reactions after three weeks?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would honestly, and it's not like he's blown it up by any stretch, but I guarantee you could get Marquise Brown for cheap. If you need help at receiver, I might try to go get Marquise Brown. I think the Cardinals offense is much better than we anticipated. I think even You know, they're going to be down in a lot of games like they're going to have to throw the ball. Dobbs has been serviceable. He had a very nice touchdown pass to him today. Um, It just seems like he seems like a player. Like if you're just thinking, how can I improve my team? Like he still seems like a potential by low guy to me.
0: Yeah, his target share is amazing. Didn't have a great week week one, but had a big week two, ten 10 targets and then seven targets this past week. Back to back weeks with touchdowns. I was shocked that he fell so far. And drafts like that was a wide receiver one. Still at the end of the day, kind of really felt like Traylon Burks, Juju Smith-Schuster kind of thing, where it's like, hey, maybe it doesn't work out, but like in the seventh round, like it's kind of worthwhile to at least do that dart throw. So yeah, Cardinals offense just in general looking pretty good. And Rondale Moore had a big game today too, so kind of buying into that offense a little bit more. Yeah, what do you got for us? All right, this is my hottest one, <laughs> and people might disagree because of sportsmanship or whatever. But the Miami Dolphins should have gone for the record today, right? They finished with 70 points, 70 points today against the Denver Broncos. The record was 72. They had one more field goal in order to break that record. I, I feel like, yeah, sure, you want to be respectful. You want to lay down and, like, actually not run up the score and everything. But this is your opportunity, if you were the Miami Dolphins, to, like, really stamp your name in history. It doesn't happen all that often where you can really do something like that. And I, I feel like if you could do it, you should have just gone and done it. If you're Mike McDaniel, you don't give a crap about anybody else anyway. It's Sean Payton. Make him regret coming back to the NFL and really just put that death nail in the entire Denver Broncos experience. And I, I feel like people are going to be like, oh, yeah, people are going to remember. They'll put an asterisk on this. They'll, they'll know that you you were disrespectful about it. But they don't. They really don't like Devin Booker put up 70 a few years ago. Some people still say that's fraudulent, but with time that stuff goes away. I'm thinking of like David Robinson in the nineties. He was about ready to get the scoring title in the NBA and Shaq was number one at the time. David Robinson was number two. Shaq put up 34 points and David Robinson calculated exactly what he needed in order to, uh, break the scoring title and take it away from Shaq He needed exactly 73 points you know what he did he went out and got 73 points he literally went out and drew fouls he called for the ball every single time he did everything he needed in order to get enough offensive possessions in order to get to 73 points and win the scoring title and he did it and nobody remembers that that was the case except for weirdos like me and now we just look in the history books and we're like oh Dave Robinson 73 points like that's up there with Kobe and Wilt Chamberlain with the 100. Like, that's really cool. I feel like the Dolphins should have just gone for it. Put 100 on him. It doesn't even matter. Just do it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. One, Sean Payton's kind of a dick. So, you know, it's pretty hilarious to just see the new guards just completely dunk on him. Uh, number two, like, this is pro football. If, if you can't stop me, like get out of here. I I don't know. I mean, like if you're going to come in there, like it's not, who gives a a damn about sportsmanship? This is the NFL. Like you need to put a better product on the field. If you're, if you're not trying to, you know, have me win the game, get that Jimmy Johnson. You know, I don't know how you're going to complain about my guys playing hard for 60 minutes. Like this is football.
0: Yeah. Plus, you get to break all the uh, like models out there. Like PFF has their models, and a lot of it's based off of score differential. Go break those. Go put up a game where you're up eighty on an opponent, and they just automatically look like one of the best teams of all time. It is so hard to win a Super Bowl in the NFL, and if you have an opportunity to really get people to remember you in a season, you should just go ahead and do it. In my opinion, so
1: I said okay. it earlier. I said earlier my take is going to be: I think Christian Gonzalez wins, you know, defensive rookie of the year. Probably not high right now, as good as his season has started, but. To think the 17th overall pick is, the you know, not a Will Anderson who can get the sack record or not record, but like the sack stats, et cetera. It's like it's a it's a, a corner that's just locking down elite receivers and and everyone knocked his physicality coming into the season. But it's like, you know what? Uh, he doesn't need to be physical when he's playing finesse guys like, you know, like Devontae Smith, like Tyreek Hill, like Garrett Wilson. Like he just needs to be in position to make plays. And that's all he's been doing the whole season.
0: And he's yeah. been making
1: tackles. He has a sack as a corner. So like he's he's doing what he needs to do.
0: Yeah, and I think people are finally opening up a little bit to you don't need those counting stats in order to win Rookie of the Year, Player of the Year, whatever it is. Last year, we saw Sauce Gardner really pop off, win Rookie of the Year. I see no reason why Christian Gonzalez couldn't do it as well. I would argue that cornerback is even slightly more valuable than pass rusher at times, especially whenever you're looking like Aiden Hutchinson, who's getting free runs at the quarterback every time and racking up sacks. Love the take. That was my call at the beginning of the season that Gonzalez would win it. You kind of put some cold water on it because of very valid well, I, reasons I, I didn't know ha- about. I was, but, I
1: was yeah. incorrect. I thought we put him on IR. It was just that his ankle got, ankle got banged up. But, so, yeah, I, I'm i all the way back on. Hot water is on. <laughs> hot water is on.
0: Uh, my other hot take that I really believe in, and then we can get into one that I believe in a little bit less. Kirk Cousins got to get traded. At this point, right? I I get it. You don't want to ruin all that good stuff you got going with Justin Jefferson. He might end up demanding a trade if he no longer has a quarterback. I don't even know who the backup is in Minnesota, if I'm being honest. But there are so many more fun teams that Kirk Cousins could be on right now. He is on a historic pace still. Even though they had the loss of the Chargers today, he still had a very good game, very productive game. I feel like if you put Kirk Cousins on any other quarterback needy team, I'm thinking the Commanders. I'm thinking the Saints now that Derek Carr went down today most excitingly put him on the falcons and let kirko chain cook i think would be very exciting i feel like it would be a win-win for both sides and allow for the vikings just to really tank throughout this season tell justin jefferson tell jordan assen hey we get it you're ruining a year of your prime but we're gonna go get you caleb williams drake may Shadur sanders literally anybody and i think that the vikings would be much better off for it
1: yeah I, I still think the Vikings are in it, but um, I, it makes not a ton of sense for the Vikings. It makes a ton of sense for Atlanta. I don't think Ritter is the solution. I think their offense could be really good, though. They have so many pieces that they just don't use. It's it's like having a Ferrari, a Lambo, a Maserati, like every fine sports car in your garage, and you only have one foot. Like, you just physically can't drive because you're, you're an amputee. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, they just do not have what it takes to unleash what they have.
0: Yeah, and I feel like Kirk Cousins is one of those things. It's like, I'm not telling them to go get Patrick Mahomes. I'm not telling them to go get Justin Herbert. You're getting that mid-level guy halfway through the season. He's real smart. He can come in real quick and learn the playbook, end up saving the second half of your season. And honestly, that is a team that has drafted like they are contenders right now. Getting more luxury pieces like Bijan Robinson makes a lot of sense to go get a guy like Kirk Cousins and really just be that last infinity stone to get them into the playoffs. And then your
1: less less likely thing, but T Law, you're gonna drop him in fantasy leagues. I don't think it's egregious.
0: He was going into this week, he was QB twenty three, which is not startable, right? Like, yeah, it's
1: only startable in two QB
0: leagues. It's like oh, he's the the bottom of the barrel QB two, exactly. Then he put up this week and he did not look good at all. He put up some good stats towards the end because of some garbage time, but he was missing passes left and right. The offensive line was not doing him any favors. Calvin Ridley had two egregious drops. I hope he's okay. He hurt his back today a little bit too, but it's it's looking like trevor lawrence in the first half of last season last uh, first half of last season he was looking real rough really turned it on in the second half but he was looking almost benchable last year in the first half i don't know if it's just something about the weather trevor lawrence likes that cold weather clearly but i'm just not a fan of what he's looking like right now and if you're going to drop justin fields I, i think you gotta put give a hard look in the mirror about the prince who was promised as well about trevor lawrence
1: yeah, he's he's not lived up to expectations yet, and and not because of his height. His when he's on his at his best, you can see why he's the number one overall pick. He's just so damn inconsistent right now.
0: Yeah, and it's really painful. And like you know that Doug Peterson's doing what he can in order to get him into a good spot. Travis Etienne's running like crazy, but it's just not coming together right now. And dropping a game to a division rival like the Texans, and having all the other young quarterbacks coming in, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, hell. What if our guy Levis ends up popping off? It could get real scary for the Jaguars really quickly if he is not the guy.
1: Yeah, so you talk about Levis. At what point did the Titans just say, you know, this ain't it? Let's see what the rook can do.
0: Bruh, is real bad today. I didn't put him on anything because I didn't want to like beat a dead horse about the entire Titans offense. They just got destroyed by the Browns today. Tannehill didn't do diddly squat. Uh, I don't think Malik Willis is the guy. It's got to be Will Levis at this point, but. He had a hundred yards today,
1: and and I, I will, we'll leave everything aside. Did Deshaun prove something today? I mean, he finally had like an okay game. You know, no turnovers. Put had a nice pass to. I mean, it was a wide open Amari Cooper, but finally like wasn't missing dudes. Like, was this what Deshaun needed? He just needed uh, a defenseless, you know, someone they could really prey upon to get out there and just <laughs> figure himself out. You know, just get right. Jesus Christ
0: if you want to talk about inconsistent it's definitely deshaun watson he had one pass today that got called back and it should have been a touchdown to amari cooper on the sideline the ref said that he was out of bounds but he totally wasn't that would have aided his stats but on the complete opposite end he had this one pass backwards to elijah moore where he was getting sacked and ended up throwing a bullet pass back to elijah moore that easily easily could have been returned for a touchdown elijah moore luckily had the wherewithal to pick it up and start running forward but deshaun watson giveth and he taketh take away big time i i don't feel good about his viability going forward still this didn't really prove too much to me this is more about like hey we're just gonna try and do what we can to have a get right game without nick chubb and uh, i kind of fell flat still a little bit for me
1: yeah do you, do you want to take a victory lap on your nick chubb bendy boy take
0: bendy boy take shout out the people at work who's had this take originally i just parroted it nick chubb only tours mcl apparently by the grace of not, God, not even that bad, not even that bad. Only supposed to be out four to six months like that's soon, dude. Like he could be back for the Super Bowl at that rate. Not that the Browns are going to go to that. But yeah, and Nick Chubb might just be a pindy boy. They, they may have just put titanium in his knee whenever he had the original injury in 2015. I don't know what it was. Super serum, something. But Nick Chubb, not that banged up. Glad his glad his career is not over. If I'm being honest, I've been going through the five stages of grief with that entire thing. If I'm being honest, I was in that denial stage for a while.
1: I'm 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 happy for for Nick Chubb the player. That's great that he has the potential. Should he want to, he can come back and play.
0: Yeah, dude. I was looking at this random thought: the Chiefs and the Dolphins play on November 5th. That game might be 87 to
1: 85.
0: I was going to say, how many points do we really think is going to get scored? I mean, uh,
1: let's be honest. It ends up being a 13 to 17 game because whenever (laughs) we expect offense, it doesn't come. But I bet the NFL is hoping to God it's like Chiefs Rams of three years ago.
0: Yeah. So that week, the highest priced ticket for the week is Cowboys Eagles. Not a big surprise, but easily number two. Cheapest ticket you can get is Chiefs Dolphins. But here's the rub. This is where things get extra spicy. It's in Frankfurt. Oh, Frankfurt. It's an 8.30 a.m. game for us here in Central Time Zone.
1: That should be, like, a sign of, of true, true olive branch being extended to Germany. Like, we are your greatest ally. We're letting you guys have this game at home.
0: They better go berserk for it. Like, they are getting on a silver platter. The best that we can give them of American football. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful game. Really, really excited for that one. And then on the inverse, this upcoming week, we got Broncos Bears. Oof. Is that one in Germany? It's not in Germany. We didn't outsource it to China no. or people that we hate. Thank,
1: thank God. Okay, because yeah. uh, well, uh, doesn't Jacksonville has Atlanta and, and England here pretty soon? So yeah,
0: Jacksonville's that, always playing overseas. So that's
1: going to be the elite Jacksonville Jaguars that we know and love.
0: Yeah, but it,
1: it's I, okay if we talk about an, an act of true true uh, peacekeeping. Uh, does sending the bears overseas constitute as a war crime like is that should should another country see that as an uh, as a Cassius Bell act
0: of aggression so I feel like it's against the Geneva Accords at this point right like hey take our trash should be an environmental meltdown at that point like uh, i throwing them in the desert doesn't even feel like we're doing the desert the desert justice at that point so I don't know man I, the NFL scheduling makers, I don't know what they're doing. they're cooking up something dangerous. I mean, it's the
1: aWS man they're out there talking mad shit about how good they are at, at making a, a you know a schedule they they do trillions of calculations to find the optimal New York Giants in primetime eight times a, a season schedule. so, you know, hats off to our friends at, at Amazon because they're really figuring out the NFL for us.
0: Yeah, you know, it's some intern in a sweatshop doing those trillions of calculations. It's not actually some computer. It's it's AI,
1: machine learning. Um, you know, Neuralink. Give me, give me every catchphrase I can get.
0: Make it three dollars an hour. God, to learn. Yeah. All
1: right, I think we're we're done talking about football at this point. We should probably just go call it a week.
0: Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, see it.